This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the world. And today we're joined by Craig Earlham in London. Good afternoon, Craig. Good afternoon. All eyes on the United States today with the Jackson Hole Economic Policy Symposium in Wyoming. We heard from US Fed Chair Jerome Powell earlier, who's given a, let's say, hawkish address at this uh, big event. And stocks have fallen on both sides of the Atlantic as a result of it. Yeah, investors kind of went into this event fearing the worst and hoping for the best. The best in this situation, obviously, being any dovish suggestion from the Fed chair. That's because after the last meeting, we've seen a strong rally on the back of this apparent dovish pivot from the Federal Reserve, just because it had gone into this kind of data-dependent stance. Since then, many policymakers have actually come out repeatedly suggesting that they still need to continue tightening in an aggressive manner and that there will be no reversal next year. But markets have kind of batted this aside repeatedly. In the lead-up to the event this week, there had been speculation that Chair Powell was going to be incredibly hawkish, and I think that took some of the risk appetite out of the markets, and that really was the case. Not just in one particular sense. It wasn't like he was explicitly hawkish. We're going to have 75 basis points at least at this meeting. But it was more reiterating what data dependency ultimately means and how they assess what they've seen so far. So it was kind of a wide range of comments which fed this hawkish narrative and there was no sign of any dovishness. So that could be from him saying that price stability will take time and require the central bank's tools to be used forcefully. This idea that while the lower inflation rate were welcomed. They were short of what was needed before confidence builds that the inflation will come down, that they will not be looking at just one indicator, but it will be this kind of totality of uh, economic indicators to show that inflation is coming down. All these little things, that little snippets of reasons why 75 basis points is very much on the table uh, in September, something the markets had started to discount, and now uh, markets are pricing in as the more likely outcome. So I think from Powell's perspective, this was a very successful speech. It was unambiguous, but it wasn't necessarily extremely explicit. It didn't have any dovish language whatsoever, and it very much drove home the message that the Fed takes inflation very seriously. It's happy to see one positive inflation reading, but it needs to see a lot more economic data before it starts to uh, slow down the pace of tightening, and therefore... Getting inflation under control is still its primary concern, even if the economy suffers as a result. I think this was a really good performance from Jerome Powell. And it's not something we really say that much about central bankers at the minute. So after those remarks, what sort of data points should we look for? Obviously, we've seen some numbers out today suggesting inflation may be on the down a little bit. What should we look out for in the future over the next few days? Yeah, so I think what Powell is alluding to here is he's looking at a broader set of indicators beyond just the inflation data itself. So that can be anything from the survey data. But I think one thing he's really nodding to actually is really the labour market data. So yes, inflation has started to abate, but there's so many different components that make up the inflation data and energy prices are a massive factor of that. But that's not really a sign of inflation become ingrained in an economy. In fact, this is one area of inflation that the Fed can't really control. The labour market tightness, unemployment at record lows, wages rising at a very strong level. These are the inflation indicators that I actually think are more concerning to the Fed. So the jobs report next Friday 
is the what he's ultimately alluding to. But he's also saying from the inflation side as well, we need to see two or three reports. You can't make a trend from one piece of data. That could just be a dip in the road. We need to see two or three reports on the inflation side to have any confidence that this is a sustainable trend. So I think the jobs report next week is the key one. And then we've got inflation data in the days leading up to the Fed meeting in September. Today's data will have pleased him in some sense. Uh, so we had the core PCE price index on an annual basis that fell from 4.8 to 4.6. Uh, the expectation was 4.7. That's the Fed's preferred inflation measure. So that is important. We had personal income rose by only 0.2% in July. Uh, month on month, that was down from 0.7 last month and 0.6 was the consensus. So far below that spending 0.1 down from 1% and below the consensus 0.4. So these were all below. So the it sounds strange to say, but this will make the Fed a little bit more comfortable because inflation and income in particular, undershooting expectations. Now, let's not misread this. The Fed doesn't want high unemployment and poor wage growth. The Fed doesn't want people to suffer. But what they do want is for this period of high inflation to be a short-term problem rather than a long-term problem. For that to be the case, we need more slack in the labor market. We need lower average wage growth and we need signs that inflation is not becoming entrenched within the economy. And for that, it needs to look beyond the headline level of inflation. One thing of note, looking at the closing markets uh, this afternoon, in Europe, markets were down quite significantly around the 2% mark. In the United States, currently, they're around about 2 2.5% down. But in the UK, 0.7% for the FTSE. Why the difference? Well, I think there's probably a couple of factors that have fed into the outperformance of the FTSE compared to its peers across Europe. One is the pound. We know that they are negatively correlated and the pound is off 0.6% against the US dollar today and 0.8% against the euro. So I think that's fed into this. And obviously, this is probably linked to the energy price cap uh, news that we saw uh, today. The other factor, I think, as well, is what makes up the FTSE. So the only sector in the green in the FTSE today is energy. Uh, and we know there is a heavy weighting there, but also there's uh, basic materials, utilities, healthcare, so defensive plays. So I think this is probably the two reasons why we're seeing the FTSE outperform the rest of the European indices. And this has very much been a trend, actually, over the course of this year. You mentioned the new price cap for energy, which was announced earlier today, Ofgem saying that the typical household gas and electricity bill will rise to over £3,500 a year from October, but it's set to go much further than that. We still haven't got any clue from the next possible Prime Minister, Liz Truss or Rishi Sunak, as to what further support there may be. That's from a domestic point of view. From the economic point of view, this is a big danger, isn't it, to UK PLC? The Bank of England is in a bit of a difficult situation here because on the one hand, they want to raise interest rates to levels where they'll peg back inflation. On the other hand, it's going to be a double or triple whammy for any of those people across the country who are already going to be struggling to pay their energy bills with uh, extra mortgage payments on top. Yeah, well, the, the economy and the, the fiscal angle and the monetary angle are all effectively linked, right? So at this point in time, just the energy price cap alone means that we're going to see a huge squeeze on household disposable income, which is going to have a massive 
economic impact. Now, from the Bank of England's perspective, just taking that into consideration, that means we're going to see very high inflation that they want to look through. But because the labour market is so tight, the bargaining power is still uh, with the employee. So they kind of want to look through the energy impact, but equally because of the tightness, they think that this will probably lead to an ongoing period of high wage growth. So they have this problem where they don't want to be raising interest rates. And we've heard that straight from Andrew Bailey's mouth actually a few months ago saying they don't want to compound the problems of people in the UK, but they can't just ignore inflation. And they have to be doing things to try and get to grips with the domestically driven inflation. They've even alluded to before saying that around 80% of the overshoot is driven by external factors, but they still can't do nothing. But that's where the fiscal side of things come in, because depending on who wins, and it does look like it's going to be Liz Truss, it's about the policies that they put in place to alleviate the pressure on the households, because that again feeds back into the monetary side. What measures do you implement that will both alleviate pressure on the household, how much will it alleviate pressure on the households, and how inflationary will that be, which compounds the problem for the Bank of England? These are all incredibly linked right now, and I think I don't think things are going to become clear in a month's time, but I think I think they'll become a lot more clear than they are now because right now it feels like we're kind of walking around blindfolded trying to find our way. We don't know what support's coming. We don't know what the inflation implications are going to be. The Bank of England a month or so ago said that inflation will peak at 13.3%. City this week said it will peak at around 18%. And no one will be surprised if in a month's time people are talking about more than 20% because we just don't know what policies are going to be put in place to try and deal with them and what the knock-on effects of that is going to be. So there's a huge cloud of uncertainty over the UK. UK right now this energy price cap just confirms households worst fears that energy bills are going to climb an incredible amount and when we're talking next year the estimates are towards the back end of next year more like six and a half thousand pounds I mean it, it really is staggering the impact that this is having on UK households and UK businesses which again makes the government response all the more important. Uh, so I think we'll learn a lot more once we have a new prime minister. But right now, it, we really are just kind of walking around blindfolded. There is certainly a lot of uncertainty here in the UK, and I'm sure we'll be discussing this for quite a long time to come. Thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you. This is the Oanda Podcast.